0: Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. Ruth is a visiting professor at a large university in Ireland, and Claire is an associate professor at a primarily undergraduate university in Northern California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working, and something we're working on, to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Claire. And
1: I'm Ruth. And today we're talking about teaching to the test. But before we do that, Claire, how was your
0: week? My week was good. Um, I guess two things. First, I have a cold. So yeah. um, apologies in advance for clearing my throat dramatically if I do that <laughs> through this Oh, I look forward episode. to that. <laughs> 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 You're just mm-hmm. like the yeah. person
1: who is the least looking for attention ever. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to hear how that will go. <laughs>
0: Uh, and then the other thing I guess I wanted to mention is I've been doing this thing that I'm calling focus time, Ooh. which is so awesome. I, you know what I've realized is that, I mean, obviously trying to work on a project, there are interruptions and naturally that happens sometimes. But I realized how many interruptions I'm doing to myself, you know, I'm like mm. on a roll and then I'm like, oh, perfect time to check my email or whatever, you know. Yeah. And um, so anyway, I have this hat. I'll demonstrate it to you oh over my goodness.
1: Wow, Okay. video
0: chat. This is, my, this is my focus time hat or my thinking hat. And so wow. it lets Ralph know, but it also lets me know that right now I've decided I'm working on whatever it is I'm working on. It's kind of like going to a coffee shop. You know, I've talked about like, liking going to coffee shops before. And then I feel like I go to a coffee shop to work on something specific. <laughs> And so it's really clear to myself that that's what I'm doing. And so now I have this hat that's reminding myself that that I've chosen to work on something specific. Yeah.
1: Well, I think, did I tell you on here? I can't remember, but I had an experience a while ago where I went to the library and was working there for the morning and i got so much more done because i was like well i'm here at the library and no one was really going to look over my shoulder and be like why are you checking if they have your shot like size and shoes in this you know what i mean like no (laughs) one cares but for some reason it felt less like i could go do random stuff on the internet so
0: yes totally here you are at the library you're doing whatever it is you went to the library to do yeah exactly
1: yeah totally
0: so what about you how was your week
1: my week was good and something happened that kind of made me think about what we're going to talk about. Um, oh, interesting.
0: So at the moment it is
1: Shocked in the Ghelga. I don't know if that's, is it true that it's this week, but it's St. Patrick's Day today. And mm-hmm. it oh, yes. is, so Shocked in the Ghelga, like it, they really try and do a lot more promoting of the Irish language. And stuff coming up to St. Patrick's Day. So there's a lot more events in school and there's just all sorts of things going on. So they had something in school where anytime they used Irish phrases to the teacher, they would get tickets and then they could go to the shop or the shop and cash in the tickets and buy oh, Play-Doh or fidget spinners or whatever. And my eldest daughter is really anti-speaking Irish. Like it's, it is, it's a lot more difficult for her to come like at the age she was back here and then start sure. speaking Irish from scratch. And it was easier for the younger one because everyone was at like a more baseline level. So anyway, mm-hmm. my eldest has just been like, hater, But this week she's been into it in a big way because oh, she cool. wanted those tickets for the shop. And like, it just kind of got me thinking about sometimes as educators, we get very frustrated about people doing things for different motivations. But then I don't know, sometimes it's like whatever gets you over the barrier and engaging with something. And she was like having a blast and super into going to the shop uh, to catch in her tickets and trying out. Like she was asking me like, Oh, how could I say this? Which of course that's limited returns to ask me Irish questions. But anyway, (laughs) she was like, you know, so it was, it was kind of cool. So anyway, it just made me think about, mm
0: -hmm,
1: you know, yeah. That's Anyway,
0: cool. I love that. It's such a good point that, you know, if this makes learning Irish fun for her, then it's really effective and fantastic. And, you know, I love it.
1: Well, I think when I was a kid, you know, learning Irish was really boring in school and I absolutely hated it. And there was a bit of a sense of like, your forebearers died for you to be able to speak this language. You're like, God, like, that's right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and now I'm like, oh, great, you just guilt. have a shop. Yes, totally. And mm-hmm. it's like... Yes, and it would be great if everybody just had a love, like, you know what I, So anyway, I think it's just, it's what we're talking about today. So anyway, tell me, do you have a quote? Because mm-hmm. you had one
0: I do. for today. Yes. So I was trying to go back to our roots with Harry Potter. And so I was oh. like, well, let me look up their big standardized tests, the OWL. Oh, and um, I couldn't really find anything about teaching to the test. But I did find this hilarious quote that even though it's kind of unrelated, I wanted to share anyway. "'Ernie Macmillan had developed an irritating habit "'of interrogating people about their study habits. <laughs> "'How many hours do you think you're doing a day?' "'he demanded of Harry and Ron "'as they cued outside herbology, "'a manic gleam in his eyes. "'I don't know,' said Ron. "'A few? "'More or less than eight?' Less, I suppose, said Ron, looking slightly alarmed. (laughs) I'm doing eight, said Ernie, puffing out his chest. Eight or nine. I'm getting about an hour before breakfast each day. Eight's my average. I can do ten on a good weekend day. I did nine and a half on Monday. Not so good on Tuesday, only seven and a quarter. Then on Wednesday, Harry was deeply thankful that Professor Sprout ushered them into the greenhouse at that point, forcing Ernie to abandon his recital. (laughs) And so anyway, I just loved that. And like, Fun. did you, you had,
1: did you have that kid in your class? Because I sure did. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's always, why is there always one? And like, yeah, anyway, but it is, it's such a like, trying to have some arbitrary metric that you can reassure yourself that yes. you're doing what you should. Yeah. I can relate. Exactly. But, it's
0: something to cling to. Like what, I don't know, I how much am I supposed to study? What am I supposed to study? Mm-hmm. Well, at least if I'm doing eight hours, <laughs> it must be okay. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yes. And I,
1: yeah, I can relate, but that kid always
0: stressed me out
1: so much. So, (laughs) yeah, anyway. um,
0: Totally.
1: Cool. So, yeah. yeah, So
0: what are we talking about today, Bruce?
1: So today we are talking about teaching to the test. And sometimes, so I'm thinking about this in a few ways, because one thing that is a big factor in Irish education is that we have these state exams, not the OWLs, but the leaving (laughs) certificates. And there is... It's three weeks in June and at the end of school, this is what you take. And then for those exams, you get a number of points. And that's the only information the universities get in terms of whether you get into college. It's like not your name, anything. So mm -hmm. So it's really high stakes and it's very stressful. And it's like an art form to study the exams and study past tests. Mm -hmm. And you, you buy booklets like of all of the tests. That have been, and it's a huge thing. And so there's a lot of analysis of the test. And then Mm -hmm. there's a lot of push and pull between then often university professors being very frustrated that students arrive at university having memorized a lot of stuff and maybe not engaging with things in the way they would like, or maybe not having the skill set they would like. But then it feels really unfair to say that about the students because that's how we get them into university is they perform well Mm -hmm. in these exams. And it's this Mm -hmm. sort of tricky chicken and egg. Right. Because, um, yeah. And so when is this okay to just say, yeah, I'm teaching to the test like this is the test. Here is how you should pass the test. And then Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I think and then it's very different when I think about my time in Humboldt, because we were writing the tests, so that was a different situation. Yes. But also, mm-hmm. you know, because there is nothing more dispiriting than a student saying, Is this gonna be on the test? And that if you say no, they're like, <laughs> sweet, I'm not gonna listen to you, and you're like, What? But then yes. it does feel like we're kind of unfair in a way because we create a situation where they are getting grades. I don't know. So I I find mm-hmm. it's a very um Active debate all the time here is this whole like, are they really learning maths if you're just telling them what they need to do to pass this test? But if the test Mm -hmm, is good, then is that okay? Anyway, so it's just kind of, yeah, that's where my head is at. And I think my ultimate thing is that I think it's very unfair to be annoyed at students for doing their best to navigate a system that we create where they have to get a grade on a test. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. yeah. Tell me about yours cuz I love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I think I I totally agree with you that there's kind of a a key difference is whether it's a standardized test that you have no control over as the instructor or versus a test that's designed by you for your class, and those are two kind of separate things. But in both cases, the test is very important to the students, and so naturally they are going to spend a lot of time focusing on whatever they need to know for that test because that's how the system is. I totally agree. Um, I guess one thing I wanted to say about it is that I have no objection to teaching to a standardized test. If we're explicit that that's what we're doing, that's great. I also have no objection to saying we are not teaching to that standardized test. We're teaching something else. So I I guess I wanted to give an example. In high school, I took two different advanced classes that the teachers had taken totally different stances on this. And so one of them was AP Calculus, and the teacher was like, you are all going to get fives on this exam. This is what we're doing like he, he, even kind of went over, over the top in being like, "You're going to ruin my reputation if you get a four. Anyway, <laughs> it was, it was a fun, oh it was a fun, it, it was all really fun. It okay, was a good, so good like, um, I'm going to come and find you <laughs> afterwards if you're the one. He was, it was part of his, part of his persona that his class was really hard. Um, mm. But the way that he got us to ace the test, and I think a huge proportion of us did get fives on that test, was he just made his class so much harder than the test, and he really understood what was on the test. Mm. And so basically, by going through his class, we were practicing the things that we would encounter on the test at a higher level than we'd encounter them on the test, so the test would seem easy. And, I mean... I think we all learned calculus really well because we were learning to pass this calculus test really well. And so that that worked great. It was, it was totally out in the open. What we are doing in this class is we're learning to pass this calculus test. And in the process, of course, you'll learn calculus. That was great. Now, on the other side, I had this biology teacher, and he decided very intentionally not to call his class AP Biology, but to call it Advanced Biology. And the idea was he is not teaching to the AP biology test. And he he was very explicit about that. He said, you know, if you want to take that test, you totally can. A lot of the stuff we cover will be useful, but he is not going to be looking at the test and making sure he covers all the stuff you need to know for that particular test he had. He had his own thoughts about what he wanted to cover in this advanced biology class. And both of those were great classes. And I think it was very helpful that it was very explicit whether we're teaching to the test or not. And um, so I'm totally 100% on board with teaching to the test or not teaching the test and as long as it's clear whether we're we're doing that or not.
1: Oh, I think that's such a perfect example Um, or like just such a perfect point to make that like whatever you're doing, just having clarity about it. And so like being... You're right, because like deciding not to teach you the test is completely fine. But you really do need Mm -hmm. to let students know that if they're like, okay, this is what I need to do. And and then it's like, I wonder if the stuff you learned to get the five on the AP calculus test, did you learn it any less? Because that was your motivation. Do you know what I mean? I don't think so. So, Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah. So I think. And then you also mentioned something before about when you were talking about the GRE?
0: Yes. So, yeah. so my undergraduate chemistry department, um, where I went to undergraduate at Bates College, I was going to take the chemistry GRE because that was one of the, it's a subject test that I needed for some of my grad school applications. And I remember my advisor, Rachel Austin, who we've had on this show, um, she said before I went to take it, she told me that the chemistry department had been very intentional and decided that they were going to do depth of content and less breadth. And so therefore, there was going to be a lot of the stuff on this exam that I hadn't seen. And so she was just letting me know that. And so, you know, at that point, I can make the decision of going and doing my best or, you know, with the information that I had gotten from this curriculum that was not designed to teach to the test. Or, you know, I could have gone, I'm equipped with the information to say, oh, maybe I need to go learn some more things. Yeah. We can find out what categories of stuff we haven't covered that is going to be on the test. Either way, I was just prepared with the information that they had made the explicit decision not to teach to that particular test. And so I... I could decide what to do with that information. And so that I was totally on board with that too. That was them making a pedagogical decision about what they wanted to do. And, um, and it wasn't teach to this particular test.
1: Right. And then that's like such valuable information when you did encounter a question that maybe you hadn't covered or when your score, whatever, because then you're not like, Oh, I guess I'm just an idiot. I don't know everything. You're just like, right. oh, no, I was in a different program that did this other thing. And I think, And then in some ways acknowledging that things can be geared towards a test really puts it in its place of what the test is doing. Like it is Mm -hmm. assessing material covered in a class. It's not assessing your inherent worth or intelligence. And so. exactly, Yeah. So I like that being really explicit thing because then it's not like. Yeah, I really like that.
0: Yeah, and I guess I'll just say one more. I remember in high school, I went to a, a great high school in Connecticut, and they, w- w- when I was there, there was a standardized test on writing an essay, and they were very explicit with us. This test is asking you to do the standard five-paragraph essay, and here's how you write the standard five-paragraph essay, and so you're just going to bust that out really easily following this structure. And... Um, That's totally fine. I have no problem with learning how to write this structure of an essay. And then, you know, separately we can also learn more creative approaches. But we're learning this task, and that's what's being tested on. And you're right. It's so much nicer to know this is what is being tested on. It's not assessing anything other than that. It's not assessing my creative writing skills. It's not assessing me as a person. It's assessing can I do this particular skill. And that's really nice to have that separated.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think there's an element of pragmatism that we need to have. And like, and again, it's so hard because I am like, sure. But then I'm like, but my students are going to really love physics when I'm done with them, whatever. But like, it's so hard because it is kind of privilege to be. Like you could just waft around college being like, oh, what takes my fancy or what really, you know, is like I feel enthusiastic about when people are so busy and stressed and they have to make these pragmatic decisions about what they're going to focus on. And it's yeah. So I think I earlier on would have definitely said teaching to the test is terrible and it's whatever. But now I just really I don't know. I'm not. I don't think that anymore. Anyway.
0: <laughs> well, let's let's get to the second category. We've been kind of talking about okay. standardized tests for a while. What about when it's a test that you write yourself for your class? How do you feel about teaching to the test in that case?
1: That's tricky, right? Because you're writing the test. So you could literally be like, we're just going to do these three things and everyone will get 100%. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, I think having, um, then it's like better assessments. And are you really assessing the skills you want your students to have? And then... Then you can feel better about, you know, not teaching to the test, but like what that the test is doing what you hope it's doing, because. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I and, agree completely. Go ahead.
1: Well, there's one thing here, and this is, again, about the standardized test, but sometimes people get frustrated. But uh, and I might be misquoting this, so bear with me. But there is an exam where students have to learn a really high number of mathematical proofs. And so there okay. is a bit of effort and gamification of what proof is going to come up and what probably isn't going to come up. But that is reasonable because there's just too many to memorize. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you are assessing their ability to memorize. Or what, you know, so I think better assessments, like if you really find yourself grumbling about this stuff too much, then you need to go back and think about what the test is doing. You know, and it, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Like, are you Whatever the what test you
0: is, you're setting up a you're setting up um, motivation to study Mm -hmm. for whatever the test is. So if if you're not getting the the studying you want, then the test needs to be adjusted. And of course that's a big deal to adjust a big standardized national test. So in the Irish national tests, do they have a different one for different subject matter?
1: Yeah. So there's like three weeks and it's like, there's such a huge combination. Most people do eight subjects, but there's, many different variations of what you can do. So there is like mm-hmm. there's two mathematics papers two English papers, two Irish papers so and it's it's very intense. It is not
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's really tricky right because pedagogically it's not great and then it's still in some ways is good because well, it's just tricky. You know the, the one thing is when you go into university you can say I know these students have been exposed to whatever topic because they all did this thing. So yeah, it's mixed. But the thing That's might be, true. Oh, sorry, That's you go nice. ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the thing with the assessments. so like, say if you have a physics exam and you are telling students, yeah, you're only going to get graded on the correct answer, then you're definitely going to get really uptight students who want to know exactly what questions on the test so they can memorize how to do it. But if you can say, I'm going to give you loads of partial credit for demonstrating like how you solve the problem or here's some things I really want to see a diagram or I really want to see you lay out. Like those things are skill sets then that you're actually measuring. So I think they'll be more likely to engage with what you want them to engage with, which is like developing problem solving skills.
0: Oh, I like that. So by by telling them and by selecting intentionally how you're going to grade the test, you can direct them towards studying and practicing the the things that you want them to practice. I like that. Totally.
1: And then there is some things, right, that you need to have people memorize. And just being explicit about that and telling them, Mm -hmm. like, there's some, I don't know why, I still think I'm back on this and we had this conversation where you don't actually make them memorize the periodic table, but that's what I was thinking of there. But, you know, there's some (laughs) things that, like, you do want them to memorize. So just being explicit about that and, like, not, I don't know, yeah, yeah.
0: I agree and I think this comes to the second point I wanted to mention which is um, if it is a test in your own control or in my own control I find like this is actually a huge opportunity to align the stuff that I find important for the class what's on the test and to make both of those clear to the students and so then their motivations for studying for the test which we've already decided is a really important part of their grade and they're you know've we've, we've set up this system so that studying for the test, is, um, a good choice for them. And so if, if, if we're in control of the test, now we can set it up to be aligned with the important stuff that that I've decided is important for them to take away. And then if I make that really clear to them, these are the five kinds of questions that are going to be on there. Here's how you practice them. We've been doing it in the homework. If it's all congruent, then there's no way they're not going to be studying the things that I want them to study, the things that I'm hoping they'll come away from the class knowing how to do. It's all aligned. So that's, that's pretty exciting. So I still am bummed to hear the question, is this I going know. to be on the test? <laughs> it's, really it's, 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 it's too bad. But I do yeah. try to think of it as like, I mean, I like to tell them there's going to be a solubility problem on the test. There's going to be a buffer problem on the test. I don't mind telling them that because I want them to practice how to do solubility problems and how to do buffer problems. And here's all the resources that I've given you for those categories. Start there. That's what I want them to do.
1: And that's what's so interesting. So I want them to know what's on the
0: test. Right. And like,
1: I think one of the biggest practices that sort of blew my mind, because I never told them what was going to be on the test before in the beginning. And part of my thing was like, you know, you sort of prove your worth by noodling around and remembering things that I like winked about or like raised my eyebrow. <laughs> like, it's awful when I think back.
0: Uh-huh. But then, like
1: you said, like having an explicit list of these things, like you said, there will be one problem on like you know, free body diagrams and you have to solve a problem. and just being really explicit because that is what I want them to learn. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that is really important. So, yeah, I think, you know, and I, maybe I'm thinking of a professor who doesn't even exist anymore, but just the professor who's like, maybe acting like the exam is just something they're being forced to do, but what they really want is for everyone to just love physics or chemistry or whatever. And it's mm-hmm, just so mm-hmm. not practical or fair to students. To mm-hmm. not acknowledge that mm-hmm. we're making this really worth like a, a lot of points or whatever. And I think then I was coming back to kind of the thing with my daughter, which we talked about utility value before on the podcast um, mm-hmm. when we're doing things sort of telling students how it's of use to them, both in their learning and yes. life. And sometimes doing well on the test is a utility value for students like Mm-hmm. My daughter did not want to speak Irish, but if she was going to get a little ticket and then could go and cash it in for Play-Doh, suddenly that's a different certainly prospect. It's fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I totally agree with you. A lot of times the test is the thing that they're valued. Mm-hmm. They want the good grade because that's how the system is. Um, and explaining beyond that, because there's other motivations too, what they could do with this kind of content that they're studying for for the test and just in general for the class. What's the benefit of learning all this material that can really help motivate students as well? Yeah. And
1: I think there's ways too of not just making it completely, like doing a combination of like, and obviously we love our subjects and think there is use to it beyond getting (laughs) X grade or whatever. But yeah. So yeah, I think... I've come to terms with the fact that I don't hate, totally despise the concept of teaching to the test anymore. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Thanks, Claire.
1: Thank you, Ruth. Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.